The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Well, there we are. Good morning. It all seems to be working now. And I waited and it says it's been I've been on for 5 seconds. All right. Um let's see. Um, okay. Checking settings and such. Well, good morning one and all. I am glad you're here this morning. And we will continue our lesson through the book of Proverbs. I am Pastor Nelson Nisley. I am at Tower View Baptist Church, Kansas City, Missouri, If you, in case you didn't know that. We are by the World's of Fun Water Tower, if you're familiar with that. You can uh, find out more information about us at our website at Tower View KC. That's all together. TowerViewKC.com and if you just do a Google search and you look up Tower View Baptist Church, we're the one in Kansas City, Missouri, not the one in Illinois. I'm sure they're a fine church. And welcome. Glad you're here. Obviously, if you're watching this, you probably can also know that we're on Facebook. And uh, Tower View Baptist Church on our Facebook, our public, or our public page there. So thank you. I welcome as as we continue on this morning and if you want to get in contact with us um you can also call the church or text the church on our phone number 816-368-1330 you're welcome to do that if these lessons are meaningful to you you know do those things like click like and share it and, and all those things that others others can uh, take advantage of this too so uh, thank you for coming on. And see, I see Judy is on. I see Shirley is on. I see Darren is on. So I appreciate everybody that's on that's made a comment so far. Let's um, have a word of prayer as we get ready to get started. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all the blessings that you provide. Help us as we study your word for a few minutes this morning, Lord, that we can, um, that it can change our hearts, it can change our minds. It can change our attitudes. It can change our life. Even if we've been a Christian for many, many years. And even if it's only a tiny, small change. I pray that it'll still change something about us. And so, while we read this passage, it's a, it's, it's a familiar passage to many people. Help us to um, just take it to heart again as we, as, as we study this, Lord. We just pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So the past few weeks, this, well, actually this summer, since June, we have been going through the book of Proverbs. Not verse by verse, per se, um, but it's been more like a survey of the book of Proverbs. And we are at the end of Proverbs. We are in Proverbs chapter 31, the last chapter of Proverbs. And many people are, are very familiar with this passage. It's, it's a passage about the godly wife. Um... And so, but as you read this, remember, as we went through this book, 
remember what the book of Proverbs are. Not all scripture, not all books of the Bible have a discernible introduction, but Proverbs is one that does. And I'm going to go back and read the introduction before we read the last chapter. So if you have your Bible with you, flip back to Proverbs 1.1. 1, 1. I'm going to read the first seven verses there. A proverb of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning and wisdom, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instructions in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man and a young woman. Let a wise person listen and increase learning. Let a discerning person obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, for the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so as we've read through everything through the book of Proverbs, including this last chapter, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And as we read about wisdom and, and discernment and discipline, that is all in the godly realm, godly wisdom, godly discernment godly disciplines you know there's a there's an element of that in the world that is good you know being disciplined to you know exercise every day being disciplined to eat right um those those are not things being wise and understanding things in this world understanding how nature works understanding your retirement plan you know those types of things are, are are not bad things and, and, and really, they're an outflow of godly things. And so, but when we read Scripture, when we, especially the book of, you know, we read Scripture and it talks about wisdom, it's always talking about godly wisdom. And if you don't have godly wisdom, you are foolish. And you're a fool. And if you don't follow God, if you don't do, if you don't try to, to eliminate sin in your life, you were a fool and you were evil, according to Scripture. Fool and evilness go together often, almost every time. And so we are, that's where we're at. So we're going through this book. And now as we get to this part of um, Proverbs, understand in, in our English Bibles, in our Protestant Bibles, we have the book of Proverbs. And if you flip the next page or look at the next page, you see it's the book of Ecclesiastes. And after that is the book of Song of Solomon. In the Hebrew, in the Jewish scriptures, even if you have an English translation of the Jewish scriptures, their book order is different. And so Proverbs is followed by the book of Ruth, which is followed by Song of Solomon. And so we have this last chapter of Proverbs, which is about the godly wife, followed by Ruth, who was a godly wife, and so was Naomi, followed by the Song of Solomon, which talks about the godly wife and husband in a relationship. And so right together in the Hebrew Scriptures are these three illustrations of godly women. And people say, well, Scripture hates women. And that the Bible finds women demeaning. The, the, the Bible determines, has roles for men and women, yes. And, and, and in certain circumstances, the, 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 there is a, a segregation between men and women. But here in this part of Scripture is absolutely not. It is saying that and we need to remember that when we see those other scriptures. You don't just take one or the other. They go together. And here is a description of a godly woman and all that she can do. 
So when it says in the New Testament that a woman, you know, should should um, work at home, remember it doesn't say work at home only. And this this woman that we're going to read about in Proverbs is a woman who works at home. Plus, okay, so that is all. This is all part of Scripture. Um, so as we go through this, and this is not the first time Proverbs talks about women. If you go back to Proverbs chapter. 12 verse 4 it says a wife of noble character is a husband's crown but a wife who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones in verse 19 in chapter 19 has a similar verse chapter chapter 19 verse 14 it says a house of wealth are inherited from yeah, let me start that again. A house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. So ladies, if you are a prudent wife, you are a godsend to your husband. Husbands, if you have a prudent wife, if you have a noble wife, she is a godsend from the Lord. And, and you need to praise God and thank um, her and everyone else. Um, So let's, let's get to our scripture. Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10. Now, as we went through the book of Proverbs, you know, I pointed out a couple different sections. And the end of Proverbs is a little different. Chapter 30 says the words of Agar, Agur, or Agar, son of Jaka. And so it looks like chapter 30 was written by somebody other than King Solomon. Although some ancient Jews tried to say, well, that's just a, that's still King Solomon. It's just another word for him. In chapter 31, verse 1 says, The words of King Lemuel. I may not be pronouncing that right, but I'm going to say Lemuel. Um, a pronouncement that his mother taught him. So chapter 31 comes from another person. We don't know anything about these guys. We don't know if they were Israelites or not. Um, if they were just other godly kings in neighboring kingdoms that Solomon knew, um, we don't know that. I mean, we, we don't even know if these were added by King Solomon or if these were added by King Hezekiah, a part of the addition by King Hezekiah. We don't know that. Um, we're, we're, it, it, we wish we knew that kind of stuff, but the Bible doesn't illustrate all that all the time. And, and if you read verses 1 through 9... You see there's wisdom there, and it's written to this king. It's wisdom for the king. The rest of Proverbs is written as the king giving us wisdom. King Solomon is giving us wisdom. And in, uh, apparently in ancient uh, literature, well, if there was wisdom literature, that other kingdoms had wisdom literature at this time, but it was always written to the king. And verses 1 through 9 is an example of that. But the rest of the book of Proverbs breaks with what the neighboring countries were doing, and it's wisdom from the king to everyone, rich and poor, powerful and weak. It's to everybody. And so, but we see starting in verse 10, it's not talking just to the king anymore. Okay, it's just, it's talking to all of us again. And it's talking to us about the godly wife. And so in verse 10 it says, Who can find a wife of noble character? Um, 
other translations say excellent character. I got a footnote. It says a, a wife of quality or a capable wife or a virtuous wife is another way it could be translated. Um, I keep saying godly wife. Th these are all range of meaning that this word could be translated from. That this is the type of woman she is. Who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. And so if you find this godly wife, you need to, you need to latch onto her and not let her go. And it's, she's far more precious than jewels. Other places in, in, the, in the book of Proverbs, it talks about stuff being more precious than jewels, and it talks about wisdom, that we should desire wisdom more than we desire um, jewels and money and fame and fortune. And here, part of that wisdom is find a godly wife. Ultimate wisdom is finding a godly wife. Ultimate wisdom is being a godly wife. Now, some women are going to read this, and they're going to like, oh, I'm terrible wife, as we read through this, because this woman is like, does it all. Um, she brings home the bacon, fries it up a pan, and never lets you forget that she's a woman. Um, if you remember that commercial. Um, you know, and so, you know, but our goal is to be a godly wife or to have a godly wife um, or enable other people to be, be godly wives and not tear them down. Verse 11. So we're in Proverbs chapter 31 down in verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good and not evil all the days of her life. And so the husband and wife are working together. Her husband trusts her. Okay, that means she is not doing anything to break that trust with him. She is a godly woman. She is not doing sinful things. She is not the adulterous woman that we read earlier about in Proverbs. She is not a wasteful woman. She doesn't make foolish decisions. But above that, the husband and wife are on the same page. They are working together. When you're working together, you trust one another. When you have a common goal and you, you both live life the same way, you can trust each other. And you can work together. So that's another part of the trust. They've talked to each other. They understand each other. And so she, he trusts her. And she does things that makes his life better. Which is another reason to trust, because she doesn't do things to make his life miserable. She does things to make his life better. So she rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. So it's like, well, I'll, you know, on Sundays I'm gonna be a great wife. On Mondays, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I make poor decisions. No, it's, um, she every day of the week, evens on her, you know, the, her rest days. She doesn't do anything that's evil. Verse 13. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She, okay, you know, she goes out and she, she gets stuff. She, she gets wool and flax, whether she's buying it or it's from their own property. She understands what it is. Flax is a plant that they use to spin into linen. Wool, we know about wool, you know, it comes from sheep. And, you know, they use, um, spin into yarn to also make into clothes and other fabrics. 
So this is two ways you get clothing and other materials um, for life. They, they start off with wool and flax, and she understands what they are, and she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. Wool, right after it's sheared off the sheep, is dirty. It's all miscombobulated. There's, there, there's briars in it and, and, and maybe bugs in it and, and dirt in it and, and things, and it needs to be clean and separated. It's not an easy process. And the tools that you use to do that, you can it can rip up your hands and you know cut your hands and so it's not an easy process verse 14 she's like the merchant ship she brings food from far away she says she does what she needs to do to get things for her family near or far verse 15 she rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants okay she gets up early to provide for her family, to help cook, even for her female servants. Okay, one, we're, we're, as you're going through, we're seeing this is not a poor woman. This is not a woman in, in the house that's suffering. You know, but she's still, because she, she has female servants, and they're not cooking for her. She's helping them. She's cooking for them. So she's not like, well, you have to serve me. No, she serves everybody. She's a servant to all, not just to certain people, not just the people that can help her. She's a servant to all. And what else can she do? Verse 16, she evaluates fields and buys them. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She understands money. She understands the value of things. Um, and she knows how to invest. Um, it takes an investment to take a field and turn it into a vineyard. Time and money to, to do that. And working with others. Verse 17, she draws on her strengths and reveals her arms are strong. She sees that her prophets are good and her lamp never goes out at night. So she doesn't need to sleep, I guess. She gets up early before dawn and she stays up late at night do working. Um, she's not afraid to roll up her sleeves and get, get, get uh, dirty and, and get to work. Verse 19, she extends her hands to the spinning staff and her, and her hands hold the spindle. Once again, she's not afraid to work. That's, you know, they take the wool and the flax and turn it in. They've got to clean it out. Then they spin it into a string. Then they've got to take that string and you've got to weave it into a, a fabric. Then once you've got a fabric, then you've got to sew it and cut it into cloths for, for clothes and for other um, things that they use for blankets and, and things. Um, she's not afraid to do any of that. Verse 20, her hands reach out to the poor. She extends her hands to the needy, so she takes care of people outside her family. Said that she helps her female servants. In, in that world, female servants were the low end of the totem pole. Uh, but not even that, she takes care of the needy outside her family, outside her household. Verse 21, she is not afraid for her household when it snows. For all her household are doubly clothed. So she made sure that all that flax and wool that she has has been turned into clothing so her family has something to wear when it's cold outside. Verse 22, she makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. We tend to think of linen just as sheets. But you got to remember, the, um, they didn't have uh, cotton. So linen a lot of times was what the rich people wore, what nice people wore. That, were, that was the good clothes. They didn't have silk and they didn't have cotton. And they didn't have any artif you know, artificial uh, um, 
clothing either. So linen was the finer garment between wool and linen. And so many people had linen clothes. It was, it was thinner and lighter, especially in the heat of the desert. And she was able to afford purple dyes, and she made sure she used them. So she's taking care of her family. She makes sure that they're taken care of. Verse 23, her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. Okay, so her husband is somebody important, and she makes sure, you know, everything she does supports him. So he's a leader. The city gates is where, you know, what we now, you know, we would call it city hall. That's where things happen, where there was a, that's where courts were held, where business meetings were had for the city, where decisions had to be made uh, for different things, was at the city gates. If you see, you know, any dramas and movies, there's a big opening courtyard area just inside a gate of a, of a city. And the inside that area is the city gate area. So they're not literally sitting in the gate. They're sitting just inside the gate. And there was an area in there where, you know, when strangers came and business proposals and such, you know, decisions were made right there. And her husband works there. And so he's an important person and she supports that. She doesn't uh, do anything to, to bring that down. Verse 24, she makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. So now not only does she make sure her family is clothed and she has you know blankets and such for her own household, she doesn't always you know not make sure that you know she takes the excess and gives it to the needy and the poor in her area, but she still has enough that she can sell it. And so belts belts usually are made of leather, so that means she understands leather work. So this is a very all-around woman. She knows a, a ton of stuff. Verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing. She can laugh at the, time, at the time to come. Her mouth speaks wisdom and loving instructions on her tongue. So she is a, God, this is a noble wife. She's a godly woman. Her, everything about her character is godly. Strength and honor are her clothing. Okay? She's not necessarily a beautiful woman, but her, her strength and honor is her clothing. She can laugh. She's jovial. She's not just a super serious, get down to business all the time type of person. So she, she's a good person to be around. You like being around her. You don't avoid her because she makes you feel good. She, she, she's fun to be around. And, and she doesn't speak foolish stuff. She's not into gossip. She doesn't you know, talk bad about people behind their back. She speaks wisdom, and, and she has loving instructions. She's a person you can go to for advice about life. Because she doesn't make foolish decisions. She understands what's wise decisions and what's foolish decisions. So it's a person you can go and talk to. Verse 27. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Never idle does not mean never rest. Scripture over and over again says we need to rest. It's one of the Ten Commandments. But resting does not equal idleness. Going to sleep at night does not equal idleness. Taking a day off, taking a vacation does not equal idleness. That is a difference. But she is never idle. So when she's not, when she's not resting, when she's not on vacation, when she's not sleeping, when she's not sitting down to eat a meal, 
She's working. She's making plans. She's helping others. But part of all doing that is taking care of yourself and be resting at the appropriate time. Yes, it says that she gets up early and she stays up late. That doesn't mean that she does that seven days a week, every day, every month, every year. That means when she needs to stay up late, she'll stay up late. When she needs to get up early, she'll get up early. And, and she does that, not necessarily every day, but she does it with regularity and doesn't let things slide off. She gets things done. Verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. How many mothers out there are waiting for their kids to praise them and bless them? What's the, there's a commercial out there now, right now, and they're out camping, and at the beginning of the commercial, the mom's sitting there, and all the kids are around, and they're like just praising her, thanking her for taking her camping, and, and, and such, and then reality sets in, and one's complaining about no cell service, and another one's saying, I ain't sharing this tent, and another one's complaining about the bugs, and, and the husband is trying to set up a tent by himself, and everybody's grunting and complaining. And you're going, yeah, that's more like reality. Well, one, children don't naturally thank their parents, especially their mother, when they're children. You know, they might give you a special card at, you know, Mother's Day or your birthday or something like that. But then they go, what's for supper? And did you do laundry? You know, and immediately ask you for something, even after they give you a nice Mother's Day card. It's, you know, but it's up to us husbands. It's up to us adult kids to go back and say, thank you for all that you did for us, Mom. To go back and do that. Now, some, some of us can't do that anymore. Our mothers are no longer here. And so we can't do that anymore. But we can still, you know, help our kids to do this. Help our families to do Help other families to do this. Um, it said that in some Jewish families, that they would read this scripture. The husband and the kids would read this scripture for their mother, for their wife, on special occasions, and that they would read the scripture in, in, in honor of her. And so that, that is an idea that you could do. You know, just sit down and read this chapter, this portion of the chapter, and, and thank your mom, thank your wife, whether you're a child or you're an adult, for all that she's done. She may not be a soup. This woman here is like superwoman that we're reading about. And you may not do all these things and that, you know, nobody, you know, who is the last person? Very few people in this world know how to spin wool into yarn and then weave it. Okay. There are some, somebody has to know how to do it. Otherwise we would get close. I mean, you got this cotton shirt on, you know, somebody has to know how to do these types of things, but we generally just buy it at the store. Somebody else, mostly factory workers or people in other countries have done it. Lots of machines do it today. But there's, that doesn't mean there's not things for a woman to do. That's not a thing for a wife to do in the household, to take care of her family. Verse 30, verse 30 and 31. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her work Praise her at the city gates. 
being a godly woman has nothing to do with what you look like. It has nothing to do with your body shape. It's like, I can't be a godly woman. I'm, I'm, I'm fat, dumb, and ugly. No, that has nothing to do with it. You're a godly woman because of the choices you make, because you choose to follow God. You choose to help your family to the best of your abilities. Your abilities may not be all up to what this woman is, who can buy land and, and, and know how to hire people to do vineyards and, and, and make things and sell things. You may not do all those things. But that doesn't mean you can't be a godly woman. And it's more than just looking right. It's not about just your looks. It's about who you are. It is also about a period that says she speaks wisdom. She can laugh. She has strength of character. Not just a physical strength, but strength of character. And she has honor. That's her clothing. It has nothing to do that she has the best designer clothes that Walmart can, buy, can sell. That's not what we're talking about. That she has a she she doesn't necessarily have charm, but she is a godly woman. She is kind. She knows how to laugh. She treats people well. She helps take care of others. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. And even if you know you were a beautiful woman when you were young, age takes its toll on people, and we, we rarely think of old women as being beautiful. And if they are, it's because they had you know. Lots of surgeries and, and makeup on to make them that they don't even look like they're that old. Most of them. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the beauty that never goes away. The beauty that doesn't. If, if you're in a terrible accident and your face is burnt and, and your face is now scarred, that doesn't take away your beauty, your inner character of who you are. I This world makes... You know, mirrors that we have and, and, and the things that we see in, in you know, the, with the pictures of what a beautiful woman is. Okay? That doesn't make you a godly woman. Charm can be deceptive. That's, that goes to, you know, charm. That, go, that goes to, um, um, my mind just went blank. Um, you know, when you just tell people what they want to hear. To get what you want, um, you know that that that's what you know the charm. You know, turning on the charm when you know the the lights are on, and and being a grumpy old lady when when, when nobody else is around, and when when the lights aren't on, and when when the people, important people are no longer around. That's deceptive. Your beauty that you had when you were young may go. You got wrinkles. You get some rolls of fat where you don't want them. Things start to sag. You get the bags under your, you know, those things. That doesn't matter. Your hair changes color. That doesn't that has nothing to do with godliness. The woman, charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. Men, when you're choosing a wife, when you're choosing who do they, you go for the godly woman, not for the trophy wife. Not for the hot wife. Give her the reward of her labor. And let her works praise her at praise her at the city gates. She needs to get what she deserves. If two people make the same thing and one and they're both equal quality, then you, you need to charge. You need to buy them at equal price, not uh, by the woman's at a cheaper price because she's a woman. If a woman can do the same job as a man, she needs to get paid the same amount. She needs to get what she deserves.
and not, you know, the, the whole glass ceiling thing. There's nothing here in Scripture that says a woman's place is only in the house. Okay, she needs to help take care of the house. She had not be afraid of it. But if she's the one that has the better paying job than the husband, well, maybe she doesn't spend as much time, but that doesn't, it just means that she's not afraid to work in the house too and help take care of it where she has time. And so the godly woman is not just a woman who just takes care of the house and does nothing else. That she can do other things. And it's a husband and wife team, and they're working together. According to all this, they're working together. Because her husband trusts her. She doesn't do anything. And she builds him up for his career, working in the city gates. She doesn't do anything detrimental to, to that. But she does things, and then he bolsters her because he's a proud of her, and he praises her for what she gets done. So it's a husband and wife team working together. When it comes to marriage, it's not 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. If both people are not 100% committed to each other, a marriage is you're going to have troubles in your marriage. And you can still have troubles in your marriage. But it's not his problem or her problem. It's, your pro- it's their problem working together. It's our problem working together to solve it. And so this godly woman, she is working with her husband to do this. And so this book of Proverbs that we've been reading is about godliness, seeking godly wisdom, seeking godly discipline, avoiding foolish, evil things, realizing that you have to be corrected sometimes. That's what this book is all about. It's about being corrected. So read it. Read it as a whole. 31 chapters, 31 days in most months, in some months. And so you can read a chapter a day and get through it in a month. So if you're reading today, it's chapter 16. Um, if you're going through the whole book. And so as we go finish this lesson up, next week, the next two weeks, we're going to go, uh, have two lessons on the book Song of Solomon or Song of Songs. Um, and so, you know, go ahead and, you know, for homework, read that book. It's like, what, the whole book? Come on, Pastor. It's all of eight chapters, and they're short chapters, okay? You read more than that at other times. You can probably read it in ten minutes. Um, and we're, we're going to have two lessons on the, on the book of Song of Solomon. So we have, just remember, so if you, if you want an exercise, and what does the Bible say about women? Read Proverbs 31, read the book of Ruth, and then read Song of Solomon. And read all three of those in, in succession together to see what the scripture says about godly women. And you see that if you want to add in, throw in the book of Esther about another godly woman who risks her own life to save others. <clears throat> so, you know, the book of Proverbs, a book about wisdom, a book about godliness. Read it. Read it for yourself. Read it so you can be a good parent to your kids. And if you're not a parent, read it so you'll be a good parent to your kids someday. Or to be a good uncle or a good aunt. For if, Even if you don't have your own kids. But to be a godly spouse. To be a godly co-worker. To be a godly friend. 
It's all about this. This is about godliness, about how you treat each other in life. That's what most of this book is about, how you treat each other. How you treat your superiors, how you treat the people who are underneath you at your work. How to treat people who are, are richer than you, how to treat people who are poorer than you. It's all about that, how men and women should treat each other. And so that's what this book is all about. And you have to read it. You have to get it soaked in. Because this world is about yourself, about taking care of yourself, about making yourself look good, about getting more wealth for yourself. And this book will point you in the right direction and get you focused on that the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the Lord. And we need to start there. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you give. Thank you that you gave us the ability to go through the book of Proverbs the past couple months. Help us to continue reading it, to continue letting it soak in, because you are the mighty God. Teach us how to fear you, to fear you with reverence and honor, to fear you with thanksgiving and praise. To fear you by learning about you and learning about your ways. To fear you by telling others about you. Because you were the mighty God. We just pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And if you've been reading this, you've been watching this, I thank you for watching this. I see a bunch of other people who have commented. I see Linda is down there. Uh, I commented on Shirley already. And Darren is commenting to a lot of people. And so, and I know there's others out there watching and listening. So if you've got questions about this, if you've got questions about who is this God you're talking about? Why, why do I care about fearing the Lord? Who is this Lord? Check out our website. We have information there. Contact us. You know, like All the information that we have, our website, there's places you can contact us there at towerviewkc.com. Our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church. Our church, you can call the church at 816 816- Three six eight one three three zero. You can call. You can text that number. Um, you check out our website. It has my email address. You can check it. You can email me at church here. Um, however, you need to contact us. You can contact us, and you know we'll, we'll talk to you. Talk to you about who this God is, what repentance is, what salvation is, how you too can follow this God. If you got questions about the text or another text that you've been reading. Let us know that we can help you out. Um, so if you're watching this live church this morning, if you're in the Kansas City area, uh, service this morning is at 1030. You can roll into the parking lot and listen on your radio at 90.7. If you bring your lawn chair, you can sit out in the grass and listen. We have well set up some speakers outside. You can sit in the shade of the building or under some trees. Um, and, and listen, uh, this morning Darren is preaching, our pastor is preaching outside from the back of a pickup truck. And so if you're outside, you can see him. Um, so we would love to see you here today. Um, after church today, we're having a uh, picnic, but you got to bring your own food, got to bring your own chairs, and we got to space out. But we're going to sit under the chairs. It's not going to be a super hot day. And so it ought to be a really nice day to be outside and, and, and talk to one another from a distance so standing at least six feet apart from each other so thank you for watching thank you for listening i pray that you have a blessed day god bless and we'll see you later